0: That's heritageradionetwork.org slash 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: The Heritage End of Year Fund Drive is officially on. Become a member today at heritageradionetwork.org slash donate.
0: Don't shun the devil with your rock and roll, Lord. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The devil
2: Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm Damon Bolte. My name is Souther Teague. Souther, how you doing, buddy? I am very well and happy to see you. Happy to see you as well. Good holiday season to you. This has been a great show. (laughs) Uh, That's it for the Speakeasy. That's it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Click click on the beating heart. What's going on, man? man. Uh, (laughs) Not too much. You know, we're doing that uh, competition with um, home home. Home Bar Awards, uh, they're getting some, you know, they, they got a competition that they posted where home bartenders can submit their recipes and potentially be a, co- a cocktail on the menu at Amori Margo for two weeks in January. Yeah.
2: You know, there was a, uh, it kind of reminds me of uh, about like, uh, now I'm just feeling old as hell, but uh, the uh, New York Magazine put out a, uh, this competition not really competition. It was more like a uh, like a, a, a wish list thing. This being like the holiday season. Reminds me of that as well. Sure. Um, they did this thing like uh, 10, 11, 12 years ago. Around the same time I moved here uh, to, to New York City. They did this thing where uh, they would have a lot of readers like kind of write in, like, if, if you could have anything... Like what would your your wish be? And you know, there was a lot of things that were very tra- like charitable and and kind of just, like fun ideas. And like one of them was uh, this this one guy wrote in, and he was like, he's like, man, I just really want to have my sandwich order.
3: Oh yes, at I remember Kat's this.
2: Deli, mm-hmm. you remember that? Yeah. And it was it was basically like everything that they offer there. It was like corned beef hash and like smoked meat and everything. And they're like, we're gonna make that happen. So they did it. It was pretty cool. So he had his uh, he had his sandwich on the menu at Katz's Deli, you know, a New York institution uh, for a week. So I think it's a really cool idea. But yeah, it's also, like, think about it's
3: kind the, of giving back, you know?
2: Yeah, and think about the holiday season. Like this is kind of a to me, this is the like the time of year in New York where I, I feel like New York really there. There are two times a year in New York that feels so like super iconic like New York, right? So like the summertime where it's like crazy fucking hot and you just feel the, the heat, like kind of like permeating off the, uh, the concrete and the brick and everything. And everyone's just kind of like in it together. And they're like, Oh man, this is hot, but we, we, we get it. We're all here together. I mean, you lived in New Orleans, so I can't imagine, you know, but then the other one is like this time of year, the fall, you know where it, it, like the the fall slash winter like holiday season. It's just it, it's beautiful. All it, the decorations It feels so. All the decorations
3: like are going up and air twinkling different. lights. Yeah, and man. It's really hustle cool. and bustle of shopping and giving season. You know, it's yeah, it's great. Yeah. And then of course New Year's is around the corner. Totally.
2: Well, and then we sleep through January and February.
3: Yeah, because it's just bitter and cold and gross. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Hibernate. Well, speaking of bitter and cold and gross, <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's terrible.
1: What a none weird of those things, segue. None
3: of those things are used to describe our guest today, Claire Sprouse. Hey, Claire, welcome to the studio. Hello. How are you?
4: I'm great. Thanks for having me, guys. Welcome.
3: Super stoked to have you. Um, so, Claire, you do a ton of stuff in our business. You're an educator. You're you're a sometimes brand representative. You're you're soon to be bar operator owner, rather. Yeah.
4: Yeah, um, I What's do a few on? things. <laughs> yeah. I still have time for Netflix. So
3: <laughs> and time to come hang out with
2: us <laughs> and too. chill.
4: Yeah, um, and <laughs> chill. Uh, yeah, it's been a busy year for me. Busy few years. Uh, I've been in New York for two years now, mm-hmm. and have kind of um, dipped my toe into the bar restaurant scene here. And um, came here from where again? San Francisco. Yep. And then Texas before that. Oh, right.
3: I remember you made tamales once.
4: I did, and I promised to bring you some, and, and you I never, never did.
3: T- <laughs> I wasn't going to bring up that part, Claire. I was just going to say, I remember you made tamales once. He <laughs> said, I'll bring you a sack of them. You can put them in your freezer. I was like, I'm so stoked. I think
4: I still have some in my freezer. <laughs>
3: <laughs> they last a long time in there. they got enough uh, fat ratio that they can last a long it's time in the It's true.
4: I found out you can bring uh, 15 pounds of masa um, as your carry-on. Uh, <laughs> I mean, right. from Texas from well, actually from San Francisco, okay uh.
3: you got masa here, you know
4: uh, it's not mission masa, I you. Gotcha, so. I get gotcha. you, yeah,
3: that's okay, I get gotcha. you well, I'm still looking forward to them delicious tamales, uh okay, so you dipped your toe in and what what did that mean what did what did that entail for you when you arrived here in new york city
2: uh well let's let's, let's before we get into that like what what brought you to New York city
4: um, I was in San Francisco for five years and Um, I love that city. I love that scene. Uh, I really felt like it was time for me to think about opening my own place. Uh, It's a little expensive out there, which I know sounds strange. Exactly. (laughs) Shocking to say,
3: you know what? Let's let's go to New York where it's cheaper.
4: Yeah. But it's It's true, right? San Francisco is It definitely helps the transition um, going from San Francisco to New York because it's in almost every way, everything is cheaper here. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so I... um, thought the you know New York east coast the last the third coast um second third best coast um I'm only saying that cuz I'm a gulf coaster by heart but um uh, So am I? I grew up on the north <laughs> gulf
3: coast in Panama City Beach Florida.
4: Um but yeah, I came out here to um see if it would be viable for me to do something. Um and I kind of immediately knew like this was my forever city. Um oh, wow. Yeah. It, f- it felt good. It felt home. Like, all my best friends are here. Um, I love that it's, like, very community-oriented and, like, uh, greater scope, but then also in each individual neighborhood. And I'm in Crown Heights. And, uh, you know, I was working for a little bit in Williamsburg at a restaurant. Um, I was going to events, meeting people.
2: Sun- Sundays in Brooklyn? Yeah.
4: I yeah. um, love that spot. I was... Uh, seeing all my friends, all my lovely friends like you guys at your (laughs) bars, and um, yeah, I finally uh, decided last year, actually uh, almost a year ago on Thanksgiving um, is when I started looking for spaces. Uh, I was sitting at my friend Ivy's house um, while her mom was cooking us Thanksgiving dinner. and I was like, I'm gonna look on Craigslist, which is not a good place to start <laughs> <looking laughs> from our restaurant space. Although but. I
3: think you can, you know, you can find some deals. Sometimes. Yeah, it's also
2: just like even the process. like you just start anywhere, yeah like, exactly like start as soon as you have the motivation to do it the thing is you start, just look everywhere.
3: look at anything yeah. anywhere, everywhere. yeah,
4: exactly. And um yeah, I started on Thanksgiving. I found a place on Craigslist I worked on for a couple months. That failed. Um, That deal didn't go through. Then I worked on another place for about six months. And then um, speaking of trying everything, I was walking through my neighborhood, and a business nearby had closed, and I couldn't find the listing. I called a couple brokers to see if they had heard anything. Nothing was out there. And I just happened to email the dead website. And an hour later, uh, their realtor called me. And um, six weeks later, I signed a lease. So.
3: Outstanding. Yeah. Right so not yeah. only did you find something you liked, you found something you liked in your neighborhood.
4: Yes, I can walk there. It's amazing.
3: That changes everything.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, but it, it I, I love this story because it it really kind of like backs up the the idea of like, being able to just like knock on doors and like, kind of like, Explore every opportunity, you know, because you never know what's going to happen. I know I've got friends who, like, live in my neighborhood that are paying, like, 400 bucks a month for their apartment that's, like, rent-controlled because... Wait, for they, the listener,
3: by the way, that's 10 times lower than it should be. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: And... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, you never know what's going to happen. Uh, and you don't know until you ask you know and so like there are a lot of like other friends of mine who have leases for their bars and restaurants they they were just like it was like through word of mouth like someone in the neighborhood who like inherited some properties and like just like kind of found a spot you know because because they weren't afraid to ask
4: yeah. You got to ask,
2: you know, you that's get, open takes. up the conversation. Yeah. New
4: York is good for those, like, serendipitous moments. Yeah. I think um, the uh, the person that does, um, that did our branding, uh, all our graphic design, uh, she does stick and pokes, and that's actually how I found her, was uh, stick my... And um, stick and poke tattoos.
2: <laughs> yeah, stick and yeah. poke tattoos. For, for uh, the listener,
4: <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah, and then she was just, like, really intrigued by the prog- um, process, and... Um so I have like all these different people working on it with me um because I have no money. Um so yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah, kinda <laughs> Yeah um get real creative all of a sudden. <laughs> I am. I um learned how to put up relearned how to put up sheetrock uh this week and um it's been uh about ten years since I had to do that. Right. Back in my like museum days. Um and I'm going. I was googling uh, how the tile floor this morning when I sure. woke up. <laughs> thank God
3: for YouTube uh, tutorials, man. Yeah. I, I, Everything I, my I know, life I learned.
4: Those. I learned from YouTube. No, but the great sure. part
3: is, you don't have to know it. You just follow along and do it, and then you just forget that information and move on.
2: <laughs> yeah, but isn't that weird though? Like with like like apps, like like Google Maps and like Ways and stuff like that. Like you kind of. Uh, you rely on it too much. You rely maybe. on it maybe a little bit too much. <laughs> yeah, I do for sure. I have to Me stop too.
4: using Google Maps. Otherwise, I know you, I am. Because you'll don't never know where, where you am. are. Yeah, exactly. You just have to get lost. Yeah. It's true. Yeah.
2: The, was, that's the best way to find anything is by getting lost.
3: Was the space you found so close to your apartment uh, previously a, a, a hospitality business?
4: It was. It was a bar and restaurant and they also made wine there made wine yes oh wow um local wine producer they have a couple other spots and i think they just wanted to put all their energy into those got it mm-hmm. uh
3: so you had some infrastructure that was already there you weren't just taking a white box or a former retail space and turning no. it into a bar
4: and actually out of all the places i had looked o- at over the last year this was in the best shape um for sure um even like the stuff they left behind like I'm like, is that an ice bucket? Do you know how much an ice bucket costs?
2: <laughs> All these things add Isn't up. Isn't it crazy? Yeah. When you start like really digging into it, you're like, Jesus Christ. Pore spouts. When you Everything. have to buy like hundreds of them at yeah. the bar, you're like, that just like really like cut Stings. out my, I, I, I guess we're not going to have a toilet because <laughs> I had to have pore spouts. Yeah. And that's where the Wait, budget went.
3: Which one, which with the challenge, the challenge is bouncing out, which is more important. Um, so you found this beautiful place. How much did you have to change?
4: Um, we're doing a lot of cosmetic changes because we certainly had like different aesthetics. Sure. Um, so a lot of painting, um, redoing some of the floors, um, readjusting the wells because I'm particular, probably more particular than a wine um, sure <laughs> wine yeah, sure. focused restaurant and. Um, so just like all those little tweaks, getting everything right, um, trying to, you know, it's my neighborhood, so I have the benefit of like walking around and knowing what maybe is missing or what people are looking for, and so trying right. To, Does that
3: impact your your initial vision? You know, like you have a vision of your place, but then the neighborhood kind of tells you some things have to change, right?
4: I think so. Um, you know, along the way, everybody always asks me like, "Well, what type of place are you opening?" I'm like, "Well, it really depends where." Where you find it? Where I find it. Like I don't want to be uh, so committed to one concept that it might not be like appropriate, or um, it might tread on some other people's turf a little bit, or just might not fit. Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah, I think that's a a very important thing to note, especially when when you open a bar or a restaurant or any business really. In, I think especially bars and restaurants. In like uh, a city that's so densely populated, like New York City, and all of the spaces are super small, you have to really let the space kind of dictate what the outcome of like the, the actual vibes of the business, right? Right. But also, the community is very important, right? So like, you could open up. Let's say, just a simple like kind of like devil's advocate here like situation. Like like I'm gonna open up a Manhattan bar and then everyone's like, But I but I drink old fashions. You know what I mean? Like even as simple as that, you know? They're two whiskey based cocktails. Yep. But
3: I always say you have to plan your work, work your plan, and ultimately be flexible. Okay. The time by the time you open the doors with your concept ready to go, the first hundred or so guests are going to come in and tell you what it really is.
2: Exactly. So what is your plan so yeah. far?
4: Um, I mean, we're going to be open all day, 8 a.m. to 2 a.m. Uh, <laughs> I'm so sorry for you. Wow. <laughs> you guys are looking at me like wow. I'm crazy. Um, Man, my I eyes am. just bugged out of my head. <laughs> um, we'll be... <laughs> <laughs> it's a good
3: thing you can walk to work.
4: <laughs> um, yeah, we'll be open all day. We'll have um, some delicious coffee. Um, non alcoholic options, a lot of low ABV things. Um, yeah, oh, it's pretty
3: on trend though, I think.
4: Yeah. Um, yeah. One of my like favorite places in the city um, is Dante. I was
3: just about to say, Dante yeah. opens pretty early, right? What yeah, time do they open? like 11, 10, right. or
4: 11. And um, even when I was working in San Francisco at ABV, uh, we opened at 2, which was pretty early for mm-hmm. most of the bars there. And we kind of became this like default daycare. For people that were looking for great
2: For interesting for, people in,
4: for great beverages <laughs> earlier but then the other bars opened. Interesting people.
2: Yes. Our, because, friends. our
4: friends. They are friends. I mean like
2: that's something I've definitely experienced a lot since I've moved out to San Francisco is like ABV's open at two. Yeah. And the, the newly minted uh newly opened uh mm-hmm. is open at two. Things start earlier there, man.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, my buddy Rebecca Pinnell works there. At bon Voyage. Mm-hmm. She, she used to work for me at Koo. Yep.
2: Um,
4: but yeah,
3: um, eight a.m. So uh, there's a kitchen. Yes, a so full you're gonna serve kitchen. some food. Okay, mm-hmm. so we got some coffee and breakfast and low ABV items, maybe a croissant, that kind of thing.
4: Um, probably a little bit more involved than that. Um, mm. I have to like actually, I don't cook. And, but I have lots of ideas <laughs> about things that Breakfast I like tamales. to eat. Breakfast Tamales. <laughs>
3: Claire Sprouse's House of Tamales. It's a
2: beef jerky bar.
4: Uh, Claire's Tamale House in Brandy Depot. Um, <laughs> um, Two
2: things I that, like. Is that the name of it? <laughs> I'm already interested. <laughs> Actually, what is the name of it? Yeah. You um,
3: of
4: name? It's Hunky Dory.
2: That's so goddamn cute.
3: It is. That's Hunky Dory.
4: It is cute. It is. Hopefully not too cute.
2: I'm, uh, always, I'm always like really like everything funky like, dory impressed. like
4: yeah.
2: I'm always really impressed by my friends who like own up spots and like the way they name them. But I'm also like kind of pissed off at them for taking out all these really great names.
4: Um, I just wanted it to be like kind of uh, optimistic. Yeah. I don't know. I um, like it.
3: We need that. I like that it's got a little bounce to it. You know, Funky mm-hmm. dory. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little sing songy when you sing songy, yeah. And I don't think it's one that'll get abbreviated too much, you know? I think like Grand then Army. Then they're going to call it Hunk Door. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah, right. I hope not. Like Grand Army, I think people still say Grand Army. Amore Margo, people say Amore.
4: I'd be okay with yeah. Hunky. Even Hunky's like, not bad. Like extra
2: fancy, only s- people call it f- fancy.
3: Blue Quarter's only seven months old. People just call it Quarter already.
4: Yeah. <laughs> people are lazy here.
2: <laughs> There's that. <laughs> well, There's all, a, all those well, things no, are only two they, words. They, they just uh, work you know. really hard. The hustle's super real. Yeah, everything happens at a faster pace, and they're like they don't have time to, to expedite everything for yeah, that second
4: word. Explain. They yeah. don't have time. I get
2: it. I ain't got time for a second word. So
3: this is going to be a neighborhood spot that, and it went and opening soon.
4: Yes. Um,
3: this show is recorded in the future, <laughs> which yeah. is live from the future. So <laughs> opening soon, soon, if not already opened, <laughs> could have already opened
2: at this Who point. Who can say? We don't
3: know.
2: <laughs> I would like to ask because what is today? We don't know. <laughs> no, well, not that. Um, my favorite thing about my friends opening restaurants and bars, even like retail spots, like clothing stores and everything, anything. I just, I I, I like to see the process. So, like, I always ask to, I, I rarely go to friends and family nights because I know that it's going to be a fucking shit show. Right. And it's not the even close to the truest representation of right. what the place is actually going to be.
3: Yeah, you know, that's weird. I almost never go either. Actually, yeah. when I do, I typically just roll up to the bar, have one drink, slam down some money and, and it's, and and it's say, a beer. I'm saying, I don't even uh, want to try it. Exactly. Your say, I'm so stoked for you. Yeah. This looks great. Yeah. I'm going to come back when, when when it's real.
2: Yeah. But
3: I want to show my support, but I don't want to
2: But you Get in also, the thick of it. I I don't know if you're like me, Southern, but like I like to go into places while they're under construction. Oh, i'd love that i love the i think a lot of this is like being an artist and like working on projects and like the the process of working on them like the end product is going to be there right but like the process of like building it out and like working on it even like working on songs restoring a classic car like building a chopper like whatever you know it's like i like that process maybe a little bit more than the actual end process. <laughs> yeah. Because Claire, like do you, ha-
3: do you have a do you have an Instagram? Are you are you posting like process I shots? Do. I
4: um I'm posting a little bit. Cuz I love um, that stuff.
3: I, that's so that's Instagram's th- like a new way to see this stuff, you know. Yeah. A couple of my yeah. friends have bars that they've opened and you see like here's the totally raw I just got you it see today. see the skeleton of the Here, bar. Here's I got it today. Like now I got to rip shit out. Then I got to put shit in and yeah. like watching it happen is really fascinating.
4: I've been posting um on my own, but also we have um, it's at Hunky Dory BK for Brooklyn um, is our Instagram and I post pictures it's not British on there. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a kid from the 80s. Um, and then, um, you dumb. know how every place that's under construction puts brown paper up on the windows? Yeah, yeah. I hate that. Um, they so
3: don't want, want me to see what they're <laughs> I know what it is in New York. It's because they don't want the, the building code guys to see all the things they're doing all,
2: illegally. Yeah, exactly.
4: Well, I'm I am not just so we're clear, I'm not doing anything illegal. Just so
2: you're clear. <laughs> oh. um, but yeah, I did,
4: I, like um, I, you know, I was waiting for uh, the internet people for, it seemed like, hours and hours and hours the other day. So I ended up um, cutting out little... Peep holes. I guess peep holes, so like people in the neighborhood could walk oh, by. Like, like, and like at the, the construction site. Yeah, exactly. That's brilliant. There's yeah. <laughs> a good middle ground. Sure. Just um, cut a few
3: holes
2: that I can see a few things as I walk a by. Just
4: a few little glimpses. So are, are they it's,
2: diamond shaped like the ones in the.
4: Uh, yeah. Um, it, it's like uh, little pieces of our branding, like so stars and like uh, a flower and little things like that. So
3: um, it's, it's, it's already setting the tone for the brand. <laughs> I love it.
4: Um, and people have actually, like, uh, been messaging me on Instagram because of it and taking lots of pictures. So cool. I like that it's involving, like, the people that actually yeah, walk by ball. every I mean, day. mean, yeah,
3: you should, I don't know if you did already, but you should write your handles on that brown paper so people can get involved right away.
4: I and will a little hashtag, go home and do that immediately. Hashtag hunky-dory.
3: BK. <laughs>
2: hashtag. Hashtag hunky-dory BK. Okay, fine. You got to get it right, dude. <laughs>
3: fine. Listen, we need to take a quick break and hear from our sponsors, which are Les Creuset right now. We're all fancy. It's amazing. Les Creuset is sponsoring Heritage Radio Network and the show Speakeasy. That's awesome. Uh, so let's take a break here from our sponsors uh, and have a quick station break. We're coming right back with Claire Spouse, and We're going to talk more about Hunky Dory BK, as well as this beautiful bottle of schnapps you brought us to drink and also what role you take as an active person in the education world that's involved in our in our community. Alright, we'll be right back.
1: For the past 10 years, Heritage Radio Network has brought listeners around the world the most important voices in food and drink. I'm Matt Patterson, the lead engineer here at HRN. Six years ago, when I was teaching myself to brew beer out in San Diego, I listened to Heritage Radio shows for tips, tricks, and inspiration. Heritage Radio's programming simply would not be possible without the support of listeners like you. Become a member of Heritage Radio Network today and give HRN a strong start to our second decade. Choose from exclusive member gifts and stay in the loop on discounts to upcoming events. Now is the best time to show your support for HRN. Go to heritageradionetwork.org slash donate. Uh
2: And we're back. You're listening to the Speakeasy on Heritage Radio Network. And we have our lovely friend, Claire bounce in the studio. We've been talking about her new bar, Lucky Dory. You know, one of the things that, like, I love talking about when we we're on the road, uh, me and Southern, like, separately, sometimes together, it's like, you know, with other wonderful, like, fans of the show and listeners, I, I get a lot of questions about, like, how, like, what was it like opening a bar? and what were some of the major challenges involved with that? And I mean, I can I can talk about that shit for fucking ever yeah. cuz like pretty, like what were the major challenges? All of them. All of them, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know.
3: Everything happened.
2: So so far with the the process of opening a beer spot, what had like for and I want to kind of touch on this again too. What's really great about A lot of the listeners that reach out to us and ask these questions they are bartenders who have been listening to this show and for for years and and they are like in the process or in the process of like developing the business model or they're in the process of actually opening their bars just in the same way that you're right now and any advice like that we can provide for our community in, or family, sure. or extended family, as it is. Um, what are some of the hurdles that you've had to deal with in like major ways, and how did you, or, or how are you getting well, over
4: them? Um, you know, before I was doing a lot of consulting, um, mm-hmm. and I opened quite a few places, but they were in Texas and California, never New York. Um, so I have to be honest; I wasn't familiar with a lot of. Um, The The New York shit, which is the hardest. (laughs) There's a lot of shit. But um, that being said, um, I'm very good at Googling. And, (laughs) (laughs) um, you know, there are a lot of, As speaking very locally, there are in New York um, quite a few resources for small business owners. So New York Small Business Association does uh, restaurant owner boot camps. That are free. Um, you just have to go all the way to the Bronx to go to them, um, which is a great excuse to go eat delicious Italian food.
3: That's awesome. Um, yeah.
4: And they go over like all the regulations. Um, that same organization also provides uh, free compliance advisor visits, and they do walkthroughs. They'll do multiple walkthroughs of your business, um, everything from like DOH and um, where you can put your DOB trash and, and dob h
2: three stuff. Yeah.
4: yeah, all of that, all of that fun stuff. Um, that's so glamorous. The most fun about most <laughs> um, And then, um, you know, also just my general network. You know, calling people, asking about plumbers and things like that. I actually, um, one of my neighbors suggested this app called Nextdoor, which is it's kind yeah. of like a Craigslisty thing, but it's very. Um, centralized to your neighborhood and people post like oh i found this puppy or does anybody there's a free shelf on the street and i'm like that sounds terrible i don't want to know all this stuff but it's actually very useful and um so i've gotten lots of good local contacts um it's always nice when i can like bring like hire somebody from within the neighborhood and um even selling furniture off that i don't need um i have people coming in and so they get to peek in at the place but That's definitely a big one, like knowing your regulations, but I guess, you know, reaching out to your, your city and seeing if they have like resources for that. Um, and if they don't like pushing for them and trying to organize other people that might be already established, like how can you help other businesses? Um, I think for small business owners, um, we all have to kind of like fight together to make things happen. Agreed. And um, so I try to be really um, even in New York again specifically. Um, community boards are such an uh, important um, for better and worse for uh, part of each neighborhood. Um, and I have been through this process, um, gotten really involved with my community board, and it's uh, it's been really interesting to see how like all these things kind of pass through um, from. You know, a neighbor complaining or a neighbor asking for something to a community board telling their local representative like this is what we need and right. how can we set this in motion. Sometimes those don't happen from years from now, but hopefully whoever's opening a bar mm-hmm. restaurant in a few years will have that resource available to them.
2: You know what's interesting about community boards?
4: <laughs> so many things. <laughs>
2: oh my. I don't know if we have enough time for, for this, but like there isn't enough time in the world. First of all, just so everyone knows community boards do not have the final say on Correct. anything that you do and I, this is like more Correct. for our listeners mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. community boards don't have any say on like they, they don't have the final say they do have a say the thing is like this is where it is kind of weird but also like pretty cool um they don't dictate what your liquor license is going to be like how late you can serve but they suggest it to judge. It's going to eventually pass that on, right? So you can go to community board meetings, and you can talk about it. And they might be like, "Yeah, you know, I go to bed early, so I think uh, I think your liquor license should only be like midnight, right?" And you're like, mm, "Nah, nah, yeah." <laughs> 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 That's I think I, first of all, I don't think anything... My bar, Grand Army, has a 4 o'clock liquor license. But I will say this. We're never open past 2. I don't think anything good happens in a bar after 2 o'clock. I kind of don't either. I have it's a 4 o'clock
3: license. I'm, I'm not open until... My latest hours Friday and Saturday at 3.
2: Just because you have it doesn't I mean, mean you have it. to yeah, exactly. use it. So, and that's kind of... On the other side, that's what the, the community board is. Mm-hmm. They have a say, but they ultimately don't have a say for your business. Right. So, like, if they're like, well, I don't think you should be open past two, you'd be like, you know what? Actually, me neither. But if I want to, <laughs> I if will. it's, like, New Year's Eve. Of course. Mm-hmm. I'll be up until four. Whatever. Mm-hmm. But even if they turn you down, you have the right to go to the court and request a 4 liquor license yeah it is but,
4: a lengthy and expensive process yeah. i don't know i
2: but I, the, the but to to expand on that sorry um the the fact is that they are your community yeah exactly mm-hmm. and you should be you don't working wanna piss with them, off. them. you, you want to be a good neighbor yeah you
4: want to be a good neighbor but also um i don't know i feel like the more people that are young small business owners that get involved like it's a really great opportunity for, you know, there's this stigmatism around community boards, and they only mm-hmm. want to like their party police, right? And um, and to a certain degree, they there are decisions that they make because they're like that sounds like a terrible business model <laughs> for everybody. But um, but I think it's for us, you know, an opportunity for us to start um, getting them to kind of understand the small business model mm-hmm. a little bit better and like. R- how restaurants and bars are also uh, very valuable contributors to our communities, exactly. and yeah. um, so I'm well, excited. I'm especially gonna a s- place
3: like yours that's going to be open to service the community morning, noon, and night.
4: Yeah, and I'm uh, I'm excited to keep going to the meetings even after my approval, and like try to, um, you know, hopefully. Be have a that voice. person of balance. Well, it's it's and...
2: absolutely important to be involved in the community mm-hmm. and like have your voice. Like especially like we we are moving through a a period in time right now to where a lot of the the old guard you know we're that have older ideas they're kind of like phasing out a little bit and we need to we need to go to the polls and vote exactly you know we need to like be involved. We need to be the leaders of our community. We
3: can't just crum- grumble and complain. We, exactly. have to, we have to get out There's there and no, make our voice heard.
2: no great use in complaining unless you're actually doing something about it. So like I, I'm sorry, I just, I, I realize I'm about to go on a fucking totally <laughs> crazy um, tangent. Alright. Well,
3: the other... the, we just had the midterms, like it's, it's that time we're yeah, thinking yeah. these yeah, thoughts, totally. you know.
2: But right. like, it's, it's, it's very important. Like, there are there, like Police, uh, kind of like a neighborhood communication initiatives are going into play right now that have been over the last like year or two. That all they do is like handle like neighborhood communications and especially for places like bars because when there's some shit going down, like they'll yeah. get calls from bars and like. There's some crazy fucking domestic thing, like domestic violence, or like Rabbit. I just saw someone like run over someone in the street, you know? Like, right, but you've I'm, hopefully
3: I'm, got those lines of communication open and flowing. Mm-hmm. You at have all to times. have the lines yeah. of
2: communication, you have to constantly be talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: talk when nothing's going on, so, yeah. that, so that when something's going on, you're understood better and totally. quicker. Sadly, we've run out of time. There's Is another... because of me? no not necessarily (laughs) Uh, there's another show backing us up today and we got to get out of the studio but it's so nice to have you on Claire I want to get you back because I want to talk about how involved you are in education in our um, community as well Uh, Damon and I both saw you out of Portland Cocktail Week and you're giving a talk about uh, carbon footprint uh, costing out your carbon footprint and it's pretty interesting stuff to me especially you know now the movements about uh, getting rid of straws getting rid of napkins losing coasters like being a little bit more environmentally sound behind the bar choosing products that are doing the same thing before they get into a bottle on your bar like there's a lot of things to think about and I think I brought you guys you're um, a voice for that.
4: some straws <laughs> Um, Are they made of hay? <laughs> they're actually made from avocado pits.
3: Oh, red.
4: Um, what? Um, and I, I don't carry, I'm not that crazy person that carries around straws in my purse, but um, I did just get, um, they just sent me all their samples. So I wanted to share them with you rad. guys. We'll
3: check them out. You also brought us this beautiful uh, um, schnapps that we were sipping on. What was the name of it again? It's, I took a photo for our Instagram. Uh,
4: Roquel. Rokel, um, brought in by Nicholas Palazzi. Um, really awesome traditional Austrian amazing. schnapps. Really
2: amazing delicious. dude. That guy, Very floral and that guy just deep. doesn't give a fuck, man. He just like brings in whatever. The, he just, he is such a great like resource for weird, awesome booze. He's the best.
4: Have you guys yeah. had him on the show?
2: No. Yeah. For I you have. Have. Well, I for have. Before me, yeah.
3: <laughs> Before my time, we haven't. But I have. That's right.
2: Um, so let's uh, let's talk about this just for a second. Thing is like just because we have Claire on the show today doesn't mean it's the last time she's oh, going to be here. We're going to back. The, the conversation that we were just talking about about like sustainability, responsibility, recycling, uh, composting, this is a conversation that we need to continue to have. Yeah, absolutely. which is why we're going to have you back on the show we'll get you on, multiple times yeah we'll
3: get you back on maybe with Namatamir. you know they're doing yeah. a great program over at lighthouse totally cool. um all right uh check out that home bar award thing uh see about getting your your uh cocktail on the menu at amore margo check out uh at hunky dory bk uh, on instagram to see what what's going on with claire sprouse at her new spot uh, of course, check out heritage radio network.org. Click on the beating heart to donate to shows like ours and, uh, on all the other great shows that are on the, on the air. Keep us, keep us, keep us live and on the air.
2: Would yeah, it? absolutely. Yeah. And uh, I want to say to everyone out there, this is something I always say every fall during the holiday season. I just want to reiterate it because I know we tend to forget about this, um, Based on the fact that we live in New York City, we don't really drive anywhere. But it is a holiday season. There's going to be a lot of holiday parties. Please be responsible out there. I know we we have a lot of fun in this studio. We do. But we don't have to... I don't have to drive. We don't have to drive. So please, just want to reiterate to everyone to be responsible, be safe, love each other, and live to see the next holiday season.
3: That's right. No tragedies this holiday.
2: Yeah. All right, so that's it for the Speakeasy this week. Thank you so much, Thanks, Claire, guys. for being on the show. Um, can't wait to have you back uh, as many times as you want.
4: I'll be here. The door is always
2: open. And the uh... oh, quick shout out too. By the way,
3: Jake Zimmerman came in again. Oh yeah, sat in on the show with us all the way from <laughs> Minnesota. <laughs> Minnesota, yeah. Uh, he brought us a bottle of Ray and nephew because you know overproof rum. We never have enough.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't think we have any underproofed rum. I don't think we (laughs) do. I don't think we have any normal-proof rum in the studio. But I will say, if anyone wants to send us a bottle for the Speakeasy studio... We'll always take it. We'll always take it. (laughs) So that's it for the Speakeasy this week. Tune in to heritageratednetwork.org for many, many programs like this one. Click on the beating heart to donate to the station so we can continue to uh, have friends in from... All over the world. Uh, and till next week,
3: that's it. Cheers. That's it. Happy holidays, guys.
0: So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul.
1: Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network. Food radio supported by you.